Hey, what's up everybody and welcome back to That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host Michael and this episode is TTS Thursday number 14, top 5 tips for beginners to get faster. Before we get into the topic, big thanks to our sponsors. First we have Zenate that you can find on zenateswimtrainer.com. The Zenate Swim Trainer is an inflatable swim bench that helps you work on your swim technique, power and stamina in a very effective and efficient manner thanks to its design features. You have, for example, the height being perfectly tailored to working on a high elbow catch and uh, the inflatable element adds an instability element to uh, the swim trainer that forces you to use a better core activation uh, in order to not fall off the bench. So this can be a great complement to the swim training you're already doing, also because it allows you to get more frequency of training stimulus in, because as good as it would be for most of us to swim every single day, with the time it takes to get to the pool and get changed and every, all of that, uh, it uh, is just not feasible for most of us from a time perspective, but uh, to do 15-20 minutes on the Senate Swim Trainer, that can be done on a much more regular basis and therefore improve uh, the training stimulus that you get. You can get 20% off your order of the Senate Swim Trainer with the promo code that you can get on senateswimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. And uh, keep in mind, the trainer only costs about the same as a pair of good running shoes. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Roka are the world leading manufacturers of wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses. Roka is a very innovative company and they have top of the line technology in all of their product ranges. Many of their technologies are patented. You have, for example, the arms up technology that all of their wetsuits have from the entry level wetsuits uh, up to the flagship models. But not just the wetsuits, also the tri suits and swimskins have this arms up technology to improve your mobility in the open water. Their glasses have patented Geeko anti-slip technology that makes sure that your glasses will never fall off your face, no matter how hard you shake them. They have rapid sight angle lenses for an expanded field of vision in their R1 goggles so that you can lift your head less when sighting and therefore lose less momentum and less speed. And they have things like a core exoskeleton that connects the upper and lower body for more uh, transfer of power and efficiency through those two parts in the Maverick X2 wetsuits and much, much more. This is just a couple of examples of Roka's innovations. You can get 20% off your entire Roka order on roka.com forward slash TTS. One final thing before we get into today's topic, if you enjoyed the podcast, it would be really, really helpful if you could leave a rating and review for it, either on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you can rate and review the podcast, really, where, wherever you get them. Now let's get right to the list of the top five tips for beginners to get faster, and we're going to start from number five and then work our way to number one. Number five is don't train too much. It is easy to get really eager at the start of anything new, not just triathlon. But in a sport like triathlon, patience really is a virtue. You should not do too much too soon. Uh, this can lead to injuries, inconsistencies, even mental burnout, and uh, basically force you out of the sport either uh, temporarily or permanently. What is too much too soon, though? Well, this really depends on your background and your athletic history, your current fitness level. Are you coming right off the couch or have you been doing maybe some other sports like team sports or racket sports or something? Uh, it, it is difficult to say or you cannot possibly say what is too much too soon uh, in a general sense because it will depend on the context and the person in front of you. 
but generally speaking i would say that uh, pretty much any beginner triathlete no matter what their level can do some training every day but the important thing is that this doesn't have to be a lot of training it can be a 15 or 20 minute walk run or continuous jog or it can be taking the bike to work instead of the car and getting in 15 to 20 minutes each way through that commute and if you are very new and you have been sedentary for a long time so you don't start from a high fitness level these types of short activities will do plenty for you at the start so do not underestimate uh, that it doesn't have to be something massive or even moderately big of course eventually you will have to start doing a bit more but don't worry about that when you're starting out just worry about doing things frequently but don't doing too much Uh, so doing too much is what happens not when you train very frequently but when you start making all or a lot of your workouts too long relative to your fitness capacity or when you do your training at too high an intensity and that's when you really start to see those injuries or or illnesses come up or just mentally burning out on triathlon a problem that beginners have that experienced athletes don't have to the same degree is that experienced athletes have usually done the mistake of training too hard or too much and gotten injured or gotten ill as a result at some point so so they kind of know where to draw the line and uh, and at least roughly how it feels when you're approaching that line and beginners uh, for good reasons don't know where that line is and uh, really have no clue of where it is because it is so individual that you can't even give a ballpark estimate for it but so my main argument here is that you you don't need to and you don't want to find that line just err on the conservative side by not training too much because as long as you're improving uh, then what you're doing is clearly enough Uh, and then when you stop improving or you or if you have been really really consistent on your current training load for let's say at least a couple of months only then does it really make sense to increase your training load so that's tip number five don't train too much and that will cause you to avoid when you're not when you're not training too much you will avoid injuries inconsistency and mental burnout tip number four is to learn to go slow and to go fast and develop many different gears in the pool on the bike and on the run so i mentioned just before that training too much can be about volume but it could also be about going too hard too often and this is something that a lot of beginners get drawn into always training at a moderately hard or very hard intensity as a beginner you probably will still see significant fitness improvement improvements even if you are committing this uh, mistake but eventually uh, so so you could argue i i'm not going to judge anybody for training too hard we all do that when we start or most of us have done that when we when we started Uh, so so it's not necessarily a mistake per se but it's something that you you should try to build the habit of getting away from that as quickly as possible because down the line that will pay huge dividends because eventually uh, maybe when you have already graduated from might be called a beginner to an intermediate or it might happen sooner or later but probably if you keep training too hard too often it will come back to bite you as an injury or illness or even overtraining you don't need to get hung up on just how much training should be easy or hard or in between i would say that if your training volume is fairly low then as long as you're doing the majority without quantifying the majority any further than that of your training at a low intensity you're you're probably good Uh, that's that's a really good starting point Uh, but in order to do that you of course need to learn to go easy and developing that gear that easy gear 
So one way to do this on the bike and the run is to do the torque test. Simply make sure that you go at a conversational pace. Uh, that's as simple as it sounds. And uh, and if you go with somebody and you can have that conversation, then even better. Uh, but other than that, uh, if if not, then you just have to talk to yourself for a little bit and make sure that you, you can do that without huffing and puffing too much. Uh, a, a second way, uh, which is also a great way, and you can use both of them by all means, is to have a heart rate monitor and just learn about your heart rate ranges and and maybe finding your maximum heart rate by going really hard in like a race or a workout. And then you can start using some generic percentages to to find out well what what is my low intensity really from your maximum heart rate, and that is also a really good way to to get some guardrails for your low intensity. But equally, you also need to learn to go hard. And for some, uh, this might be the problem rather than going too easy. I do think this is much less common than than the problem of going too hard too often. But learning to get outside of your comfort zone and hurting uh, is something to work on as well. Uh, maybe it's not so much about going too fast, but about keep going fast when it's starting to hurt really quite a lot. Uh, that's And we might be getting inter- into intermediate athlete territory rather than beginner athlete territory with that, but... But uh, basically starting to work on developing that really those faster speeds and regularly visiting that zone of discomfort by by holding your pace, sustaining your pace or power uh, in that uh, in those gears. Uh, so this will be really good training for you right now as in as a beginner, which will improve you and progress you towards uh, well a faster athlete but it will also be really really important in the future uh, to when it becomes really quite a lot quite critical to be able to train at different different speeds because as a beginner to some extent you can do whatever you want and you will keep improving but that won't last forever and that's when you get to that point that's where having developed those gears and being able to go at many different speeds really becomes critical so uh, yeah, just work a lot on finding that low gear and the ability to go slow, but also work a bit on those uh, faster gears and develop them and do that frequently. You don't need to do very big doses of those faster gears, but but do it quite often. All right, uh, tip number three is to focus on improving your technique and skills in all three disciplines. So this is really, really important stuff. Because adequate technique is the foundation upon which you can then build improved speed and eventually the ability to go fast for a long time, which is what triathlon is about. So an analogy that I like to use and have used before is with music and learning to play a musical instrument. What you do when you're in, uh, where you're getting lessons, let's say you're getting piano lessons or whatever instrument you might be playing, you you start to work on different things but one of those things that you work on is to learn how to play scales because scales are basically the foundation of uh, that music is built upon and and when you learn how to play scales then you will it will make it easier for you to actually play a proper piece of music and it really is the same in in endurance sports even if triathlon is not a hugely technical sport swimming is very technical uh, running in, is moderately so and biking really not quite te- not very technical at all but there are still those foundational pieces in each of the disciplines that uh, that are really important to uh, to try to master, and then you will you will be able to build speed and eventually speed that lasts for a long time upon those foundations. That is technique and skills. It is important to realize that uh, you cannot improve your technique 
unless you know what good technique looks like and also know what your current technique looks like. So you should get some help here on this point, either a professional like a coach or somebody like that, or it could even just be asking a good local triathlete slash swimmer slash runner slash cyclist to take a look at you and and ask for some help and, and tips. So if we look a little bit at each discipline here and improving technique and skills, the swim is the obvious example. We all know that it's a technical sport and you can't really go fast unless you have good technique and improving your technique will help improve your speed. Uh, fitness will also help improve your speed. Both of them are uh, equally important, I would say, but but you will always be limited in the speed you can achieve in swimming uh, if your technique is inadequate. And the swim is a difficult one. I think that really it makes sense to get some one-on-one lessons at the start. It will so, so dramatically change your learning curve. It will make you so much quicker at uh, well learning what good technique should look like and, and what you're currently doing and then improving towards what you should be doing. Maybe video analysis and some one-on-one uh, teachers or coaches will give you video analysis as part of that so so that could be an option and it's a great option if you get that but uh, but I, I think that this is something that really makes sense to do get at least a few one-on-one lessons as you're starting out with swimming to get a head start uh, just like when you're learning to drive a car you first go to go to a driving school of course you need a driver's license but hypothetically if, if it wasn't regulated you would still probably want to get a few lessons before you just get out on get out into the traffic now on the bike uh, you have some things to work on there especially if you've never ridden a road or a tri bike before uh, only commuter bikes uh, the things that are new with regard to tri or road bikes would be learning to clip in and out of the pedals and get comfortable with that and get safe and secure with that so that you can for example unclip when you get to a traffic light and uh, and yeah have that be second nature uh, drinking on the bike so grabbing a bottle drinking and putting the bottle back is another thing that uh, quite often beginners need to spend some time working on and uh, if you are on a tt bike which a lot of beginners are not and you should definitely not see that as uh, as a prerequisite for starting triathlon you could be on a commuter bike uh, but a lot of beginners end up starting with road bikes that i think is the most common way to go uh, but if you ha- happen to be on a tt bike practicing to ride in the in the air bars in the extensions because that is a completely different feeling than just being on the road bike uh, so so those are a few things and uh, yeah just make sure that you get some parking lot time on a on an empty parking lot every now and then to practice these skills as you're getting started and uh, and then yeah just get out on the road and ride and and these things will be will become second nature pretty quickly on the run you have things that you might have what might want to improve or that for some beginners can be points for improvement uh, for example making sure that you don't overstride uh, there might be some cleaning up of inefficiencies uh, like excessive rotation or uh, like not very, very inefficient arm movements and so on so there are a number of things that could that could be potential points for improvements my coaching philosophy with run technique is to err on the side of undercorrecting rather than overcorrecting because i think there is a tendency to overcorrect and uh, and that does not lead to uh, better efficiency that is my theory anyway but that being said for beginners with no background at all in running there are usually at least one or a couple of things that are work 
worth having a look at and maybe and, and try correcting as you get started. An important point to remember here with improving technique and skills is that the sooner you start working on these things, the earlier in your career, then the easier it will be for you to to improve them and to make things really good. But if, on the other hand, you ingrain some bad habits in your swim stroke or several years, then it will be much, much more difficult to correct those things later on uh, than rather than tackling them uh, right away when you're new to the sport and you can ingrain some pretty good habits from the start. Tip number two is to make fun and having fun your first priority. So we have all heard about a million times that consistency in training is the most important thing and it is without a doubt true. But be consistent is not really specific advice uh, or as specific anyway as taking it apart into the components that help you become consistent. And all of the previous tips uh, actually in one way or another can help to contribute to that improved consistency. So not training too much is pretty obvious. I mentioned uh, less chance of getting injured, uh, ill or mentally burning out. Learning to go slow and to go fast uh, also can obviously improve to uh, increased increased consistency because when you learn to go slow, you will have less of a chance of overtraining or training too much in terms of intensity and getting injured. And focusing on improving technique and skills will also do the same. When you are when you're exercising with good technique, you are much less likely to get injured. And even things like the the things I mentioned on the bike, learning to be safe and secure when clipping in and out of the pedals. On, on your road bike if you've never ridden a road bike before will help you be safe in, in traffic. So so all of these things help contribute to consistency. But this one is probably the most important of all, especially when you're a beginner. Well, I take the bet. I think it's for any, any level. But to have fun is uh, really a, a key foundation behind consistency. If you're not having fun most of the time that you're training, then you are just very unlikely to stick to it for the long term. And uh, and it might be time to look for another hobby because if it is a hobby, it should be fun. That's that's kind of that's the way I see it anyway. So, what are some ways we can we can help we can do to help keep things fun? One really important aspect is the social part of it. So, training with others, even if it's just every now and then, but that can really be a big uh, big thing for keeping training fun. Uh, the next one is uh, exploration and a sense of freedom. And uh, for example, exploring new bike routes, planning a long, uh, long weekend ride that you haven't done before, being out in nature, seeing new things, passing through small villages. That's just a wonderful, wonderful uh, feeling. And, and it makes training really fun. Running in nature, running on trails and just letting your feet sweep you away. Uh, those, those sorts of things, those sorts of uh, soul workouts really uh, can make training really fun as well. And uh, in terms of finding fun in the more bread and butter training, just heading out for a quick jog on your lunch break or whatever it is, uh, that that can be done as well. Uh, whether it's a basic easy workout or a hard, hard soul-crushing workout, they both have their charm and they can both be fun, even though they can be painful at the same time. But a low-intensity workout, for example, can be you can learn to see the to enjoy uh, the the meditativeness of it and the, the relaxation aspect of it, it might give you some opportunity as well to maybe catch up on podcasts or audiobooks or just enjoy the feeling of almost effortless movement, movement without exertion. Uh, that might not be the case for a beginner, I admit, but you might get to that point or you might just learn to enjoy the feeling of how your easy workouts 
are starting to feel easier and easier with each passing week so there are a lot of things that you can you can look at and gain your fun from hard workouts on the other hand give a special kind of satisfaction when you finish them and uh, and you learn to embrace uh, and even enjoy the pain even in the moment before you have finished it as painful as it might be uh, a couple of specific things for training in the pool uh, training with a with a swim squad or at least training partner can definitely help that pool training more fun and uh, on the bike if you are training indoors then a good setup is key if you have a good indoor training setup then it can definitely be fun if you have a really bad indoor setup then it can be misery so so having fans having a good place to keep screens and knowing what your entertainment will be whether it will be riding on swift videos like watching netflix or podcast or audiobooks all of those things are important important and even i would say that like you don't need a fancy trainer but what i will say is that having a good indoor trainer can make your training feel more fun it's not necessarily better but it just feels more more fun and more enjoyable that's at least my experience and one thing that uh, really can help generally with having fun as well is to just commit to yourself to have fun each workout and and then you're more likely to do it so tell yourself as you head out the door this will be fun and i am going to enjoy it and take that as a habit to do every single time and finally number one uh, of uh, the things that beginner athletes can do to get faster is to join and train with a club slash community slash group of triathlon friends with more experience than you in the sport so I put this as number one because so many of the previous points mentioned can be supported by joining and training with a club or a community. So fun that we just mentioned, the social aspect goes without saying. Uh, in terms of improving your technique and skills, uh, a club or a community gives you the perfect platform to ask more experienced athletes or coaches help you with technique in any given discipline. Uh, the coach-led sessions will most likely ensure if you go to coach-led sessions with the club that is that you that you practice running through all of your gears so going both slow and going fast and developing those gears which can be really important and not get stuck in a rut of always going at the same pace and the only point that i mentioned in the previous ones that you might not get help with uh, in a club unless of course you're individually coached by someone within the club but that is making sure that you don't do too much that you still need to take the, the responsibility for yourself uh, unless you are working with a coach as i said but uh, in addition to these things supporting the other points that i mentioned earlier joining a club or community can give you access to things like secondhand equipment that you need and you might score some really good deals there might also be practice races so you get to practice racing more often without a huge cost and here i would say that racing is such a key part of development of a of traf of a triathlete and it is fun that's 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 the key thing as well it is super fun so if you have a club and they might do a weekly or bi-weekly super sprint race i would say try to go and do that every single time they have it because that will lead to absolutely fantastic development just going and racing and finally through the club and uh, the other members of the club and the staff of the club you get access to knowledge about the local and maybe national and international triathlon scene that uh, you might be looking for and might need so you can learn things like what are the the races that you should do locally what are the favorite bike routes or the open water swim locations to go to bike shops bike fitters coaches physiotherapists and so on and so forth 
And that is knowledge that can be incredibly useful for years and years to come. And my personal experience as I'm thinking about it here in Portugal is that all of these things, or most of these things anyway, like bike routes, physios, bike fitters, open water swimming locations, and lots, lots more that I use here in Portugal, I, I all got to know that first through my tri club uh, or the local tri community in some cases, but in many cases directly from the involvement with a club. So don't hesitate, join a club and you really won't regret it, I'm absolutely sure. So in summary, let's just run through the list again from five to one. Uh, tip number five is don't train too much, but you can train frequently. Tip number four is learn to go slow and to go fast and develop, the, develop those different gears. Tip number three is to focus on improving your technique and skills in all three disciplines. And tip number two is to make having fun your number one priority. And tip number one is to join and train with a club or a triathlon community. All right, that's it for today's TTS Thursday. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you are looking for coaching services or training plans, uh, please go and check out scientifictriathlon.com and the products and services we offer there. Uh, next Monday, we have uh, Ben Day, who is a performance coach at uh, the World Tour Cycling Team Team Bike Exchange on for an interview. He's also the coach of pro triathlete uh, Chris Lieferman. Uh, so that was a great discussion. So I hope that you tune in for that as well. Thank you to our sponsors, Senate, and that you can find on senateswimtrainer.com. Use the Senate Swim Trainer to improve your technique, power, and stamina, even when you don't have time to go to the pool or when pools are closed. And get 20% off your order on the Swim Trainer with the promo code that you can get on senateswimtrainer.com forward slash TTS. And thank you to Roka that you can find on roka.com. Check out their wetsuits, trisuits, swimskins, goggles, high-performance eyewear, and prescription glasses and sunglasses and get 20% off your order with the promo code that you can get on roca.com forward slash TTS. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.